you, Lord. Shout of the King is in the camp. Amen. My, oh, my. What a nice atmosphere to come to Amen. church to. Amen. Happy to be here. Have you waved to your brother or sister around you? Greet them. God bless you. Nice to see you all. Sure good to be in the house of the Lord. We're going to go directly to the Word. Thank you to the musicians. Let's go to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, if you will. While I'm doing that, I just want to bring you greetings from Saskatchewan, from our Brother Menno Friesen, our Brother Dwayne Fair. We ministered for them on Sunday morning, had a wonderful service. Um, they hadn't had a visiting minister in over a year, so there's a little bit of pull there. <laughs> and uh, then we went and ministered for Brother Kelly Hildebrandt that night, and likewise, it was a wonderful time. We had the communion and foot washing, so they all send their greetings to you, and they just said you... Um, Wanted to just pass that on, and they're looking forward to a time when we can just all be together again. And uh, so I, I got blamed for the snow that arrived there on Sunday morning. I got blamed for the shutdown that happened after I left, as they've been shut back down to 30 people. And I said, well, it all, we're in the middle, actually. Everything comes from British Columbia. So it started there moved to Alberta and went on. So don't, it came from somewhere else, and I didn't lay claim to it. But it's nice to be home. I heard you could, had good meetings here, the young people's service on Friday and then the Sunday services. That's wonderful. Sure is good to be a Christian, good to be where God is. God is in His people. God is in, in every service. If we look for Him, He promised that. He's here tonight. So Nehemiah chapter 8, we're going to just start reading from verse 1. And I need you just to jump in with me. The setting here is the nation of Israel is uh, coming back from Babylon. And uh, they, it, that was sort of a return in three phases. But this is in the last part of their return. And I'm just picking up a little bit of this from different places. So let's just read here. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation of both men and women and all that could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday, before the men and the women and those that could understand. Now, he, this is said the second time, but notice the next part of this. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. They were ready to hear. They were ready, even though they had an understanding, they wanted to know. And it says in verse 4, And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood all these others. I'm not going to mention their names. In verse 5, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads, and they worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. 
And then Joshua, who was the high priest, and all these others with them, and the Levites, caused the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. So they read in the book, in the law of God distinctly, and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. Go to chapter, verse 13. And on the second day they gathered together the chief of the fathers of all the people, the priests and the Levites, and to Ezra the scribe, even to understand the words of the law. Shall we bow our heads for prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence that's here already. Thank you for the songs that were sung, the Spirit of God that's in the believers, in the church that's gathered in. Thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, as it was already mentioned by Brother Ray, thank you for giving us eyes to see. Thank you for allowing us to be where we are, to live in the time we could be, O Lord. Father, even in this time, we could be sitting tonight in another church or in another place without eyes, without ISAV. Lord, as Laodicea would need ISAV. Lord, we could be sitting blinded by the things of the world. We could be living in fear. But tonight we're sitting in the house of the Lord, knowing in whom we have believed, knowing, O oh God, that you are faithful and true. Father, we thank you for that. We're appreciative of that. We're thankful that we can hear these words. Lord, the prophets of the old desired to hear what we hear. But Lord, here we're sitting, O oh Lord, because by your grace you've opened of yourself. Lord, let us be thankful. Let us be grateful. And Lord, let us be ready to hear. We thank you for this. We ask your blessing on this service now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. I'll invite you to turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 11. Matthew 11, at verse 25. Jesus speaking. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Amen. We thank God for the revelation. We should never, never underestimate what revelation means. Revelation is not learning. It is not knowledge. Revelation is a divine act of God to make himself real and his words real to a believer. Now, I want to take, uh, we, we uh, about three weeks ago, we took the tape on Daniel 70 weeks, and uh, I'd like to, we've, we played a part of that, I'd like to continue, but that we won't do that tonight. I want to take an element of this and uh, bring it together because it does come into a little bit of the preamble. And I'd like to speak on true understanding of the open book. And now I'm not going to explain what the open book is, but I'm going to talk a little bit about 
our attitude, our approach, and how it is and the time we live in. And I, I want us to take that. This is not history that we're reading, but this is a foreshadow and a type of what we're living out right now. So the setting here is the return of Israel from Babylon. We know that their going away occurred in three phases. They, there was three times that they, they, they were carried into Babylon. The final time, Jerusalem was burned, and they were carried away, and it was disobedience, and it was God dealing with His people to change their heart and to bring them to a place that they were not at. So now the return of Israel from Babylon is also in three phases. And this did not occur all at once. It occurred, first of all, when Zerubbabel would return under Cyrus, the king, under the order. Zerubbabel was a leader among the people, and he began to build the foundation and the walls of the temple and he would do that under the order of the king. He also went with Jeshua, the high priest. That was in B.C. 536. And there was a, as the building was recorded, there was a time of worship and rejoicing because something was opening up to them. Something was unfolding. There was an appreciation. They had the temple when they left. But they didn't appreciate it. They had all that God gave them, and, and they didn't appreciate. In fact, they despised it. And, and I'll come to that in just a minute here. But now there was at the return a, a, a gratefulness and a gladness. As we see the world going into the condition, I think we need to be thankful for what we have. Not just a gathering here, and I'm thankful for that, but an understanding. An understanding of what's going on. Because a lot of people don't know what's going on. They're living in the fear of the unknown. But God has not left us helpless. God has given us eyes to see in this last year. He gave us the prophet's eyes. And we need to be thankful that we can look and know the things that are coming. I mean, just the knowledge that we're not going into a tribulation. Before there will be a tribulation, there's going to be a catching away. We ought to be so thankful. We can live for that moment. We can come to church and know that, I just, I feel like I'm straining and I got to slow down a little bit. We can come to church and know that when, when the word is hard or it's preached, it's for our benefit. It's to prepare us. It's to give us the garment of the word. These are things that are not open to everybody. So at, at the time of Zerubbabel, that was in B.C. 536, now it didn't happen all at once. Just like it didn't happen all at once in this day. In 19, and, and, and I won't have time to go into that today, but when the prophet came on the scene, and he really came in under the man anointing, 
And he operated under that anointing because he came at the end of Pentecost, which was under the man anointing. It was what man could manufacture. It was even gifts and all of these things. But there was to come something higher that was not going to be manufactured by man. There was going to be something that God was going to do sovereignly. And God is doing it even now. And so it came and Brother Branham would would begin to probe like the the men had probed before. um, Larkin and different ones had probed probed, but they'd never come to it. But now came a time and a season where God was going to unveil or, or, or show the things that were hid from the ages, and he wanted to make them known. So it was bit by bit. It was in 1958, Brother Branham would speak, serpent seed. And serpent seed was a part of the revelation, and it happened even before the seals. But as Brother Branham walked in it, it was already a precursor to what was going to happen. And after the opening of the seals, and it's really a landmark at that time, he would say, now let them challenge me on my doctrine. Now let them do this. Because an absolute came down. So when Brother Branham would move, it was no longer as we moved into the opening of the seals, Brother Branham that was in control. It was not under a man anointing, but it was God working under an anointing of a vessel so yielded to God. It was the revealing of the Son of Man, and it was the faith that was the wave sheaf to be waved over the people. It was not Brother Branham that was waved over the people. It was God that was waved over the people. And that was God that was making him known. And and as he was making himself known, it it wasn't Brother Branham in control because every day, how'd you like to prepare for a service that you've, you've been built up to and you didn't even have your notes the day of the service? And he would be waiting on God. And as he's waiting on God, he's helpless. But then God comes sovereignly. And it was so evident in the things that happened. Brother Branham, a man being tired, he was going to answer a question wrong, and he would have answered the question wrong. And all of a sudden, something caught him and said, you're going to answer that wrong? And he says, what is the question? And God stopped it. Friends, this was God in control, and it's God in control since then. The devil will try to point to all kinds of things. Well, so-and-so was a believer, and -and so-and-so was a preacher, and they're not believing it anymore. That has nothing to do with it. God is still on the throne. God is still on the scene. God is still working among his people. So what happened even there, the opening, as we call it, the opening of the word, Just because it was the beginning, it didn't mean that we all came to the realization of it right away. Just like at the time of the return to Babylon, it didn't mean that it happened all at once. Now let's just look at some dates here. Zerubbabel came in in 536 B.C. It was 78 years later that Ezra the priest came in B.C. 458, And he came to the house of God, and he began to read the law. And then it was Nehemiah 14 years later in B.C. 444. So this is over 90 years from the time of the initial return, and God is still unfolding. So it's Nehemiah, 44 years later, and he sees the walls are broken down of the city. He repairs the walls. But it was at that time, Ezra also stood up. And actually, the portion that we read is the ending of that time. It's now Ezra standing up at the very end of of this 
time, and now he comes, and the heart of the people are ready to hear the word. Now, they finally arrived at a place. It was always there, but the heart of the people were not ready to hear it. Now, in Moses' time, uh, Moses was the deliverer. He was sent of God at the right time, but the people weren't ready to receive. And Moses, it took another 40 years. Now, if I, if I just, again, and I made attention, it says, the people were attentive to the book of the law. Now, it was always there, and they could understand, but their hearts were darkened by their attitude, by, by, by how they took the things of God. There was not an appreciation and I say, this is a warning for us. Now, I'm not going to go into the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 3 and 4. It talks about how he, the, 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 the people of God at that time, their, their hearts were hardened. Hardened. That's what we're living in, a hardened age. And I say, we need to work much to cultivate the ground and the attitude whereby we receive the message because you might receive it intellectually, but you may never receive it in a true understanding unless you begin to work according to the heart of God. Now, the message of Malachi 4 was to what? Change our hearts, not our brains. No, and understanding doesn't just mean intellectually. So I'm focusing a lot on a true understanding of the open book. Now, let, let's just go a little bit further. I'm going to read something Brother Branham would talk at, and it's regarding attitude. And he would say, even himself. Now, he's, he, he's talking about how he approached a service. And he says, I've got an answer for this service one day at the day of judgment. I've got to answer for what I say. I've got to answer for what I do. Now, I believe we all can say he was one of the most sincere men there was. But then he also would say, as I bring Christ to you, he will also be in your hand, and you will have to answer for what attitude you took towards it. Now, this is not just Brother Branham because he... Uh, and, and, and it would, say, it would say in the Bible, he that receiveth him whom I send receiveth me. So sometimes God will send not just a prophet, but he will send an evangelist. He will send a teacher. He will send a pastor. He will send different ones. And our attitude towards God's gift will be what we have to give an account for. Now, so it's, it behooves us to come at it the right way. He says, now, Brother Bannon would go and say, if you turn it down or you accept it, God will have you answer for your attitude of this meeting, so you must realize it's a very sacred thing. It's your attitude towards God's divine gift, and he says, your attitude, God sends a gift, depends on what attitude you take towards it. So, so he says that, and I'm using this as a type. Now, to gain an appreciation for what they were under going out, turn with me back to Chronicles, Chronicles 36, if you will. Chronicles 36. So this is the last. It, it talks about, it's really a continuation into the book of Ezra, but this is as they're going out. Now, let's just read verses 15 and 16. 
And this is as the final deportation of, of the captivity goes to Babylon. And, uh, in, and, and they're talking about how they rebelled against Nebuchadnezzar and did all of these things. But let's pick up verse 15. And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them messengers rising up betimes and sending because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God. They despised his words. They misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people till there was no remedy. Now, I believe that the nation, the world around us has come, is coming, if it hasn't come, has come to that place. There's no more remedy. There's, there's no more turning back the United States. Brother Brandon would say, I don't even pray for the nation. She's gone. Canada with that uh, and all the countries. So this is an attitude. Now, let's just go back because the attitude, and I'm going to use Genesis for a moment, Genesis chapter 6. Now, the Bible would talk as it was in the days of Noah, so would it be in and as it was in the days of Sodom, so would it be in the revealing of the Son of Man. So one of our greatest challenges is the attitude of the world around us. And, and we need to come to church to be washed, not just from, from, from things you've seen or heard, but, but the attitude that gets on us, that becomes a part of us. I, I, I was just saying this, I think, was it last Wednesday? It's a neurotic age. And, and, I, and, and people, it's hard to sit still. To sit still and listen to God, it's hard to stop. And, and I, I got to pray and take time because if I don't, the day won't work. But I got so much to do, Brother Ed. I, I know, me too. And, and it's hard to come to a place to stop. The Lord willing, I'm, 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 I want to take that into a Sunday service here and, and part of this will tie into it. But it's a neurotic age. And, and, and we need to be washed from these attitudes. Now, what were the attitudes in the days of Noah? Let's just take this in verse. We're just going quickly tonight, and we're just going to skip things. And, and, but I, I just want to drop them in, and, and, and I pray that God makes them real. In, in, in Genesis 6, verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. If we could walk down the street and peer into the minds of people, I think it would frighten us half to death. And, 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 and what the powder keg that's brewing, it's, and what they feed on, I, the, the entertainment world is at its premium. The social media world is at its premium. It is setting in order a great tribulation that's to come. It's putting the people in a spirit for tribulation. So as it was in the days of Noah, and it says in verse 6, and it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart, and the Lord said, I will destroy man that I have created on the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping things and the fowls, it, for it repenteth me that I have made them. That same God is still alive today, and he's looking down right now. Drop down with me to verse 11. 
And the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way on the earth. The natural way of a man and a woman to be married, to, to, to keep yourself pure before marriage, that's been corrupted. Not only has it been corrupted, but in the span of the last 34 years, the institution of marriage has been stripped down to nothing. Homosexuality is commonplace. They have rights now. They're protected by a Sodom law. So this is the age. So these are conditions. Now, uh, let, let me just jump ahead. Genesis 19. This is, this is now Sodom, if I can, for a moment. Let's just take verse 14 for a moment, if you will. This is now when the angels come to Lot, and they come to Lot, and they speak to Lot and his family to get out of Sodom. And Lot went out, and he spoke to his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and he said, up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. Now, it says that, that he, there was an element of righteousness still with him. And so he's catching the angel's message. And we know, this. if you take the very first part of this, this is a type of the two messengers in this day, which was Billy Graham and Oral Roberts. But these messages came, and his son-in-law, this is their reaction. But he seemed as one that mocked his sons-in-law. Are you kidding me? And, and you know what? They never even knew their wives because they were willing to give up their wives. They never knew them in a way that they should. That's how corrupt this place was. So I, I, I'm using this as an example. Jump, jump ahead quickly, Ezekiel 16. This is Sodom. And, 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 and I, I know we heard this, we, we, uh, you know, and I, this, the, I, I want you to think about the words that we, let's not use the message as buzzwords. We're in Sodom and Gomorrah, yeah, the two angels. Let's think about what we're, we're talking about. Let's think about what Sodom, how does Sodom affect you? How does, how does this age affect you? Ezekiel 16, verse 49 this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, abundance of idleness, and in her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy. The, we are moving into what I call a socialist society. There's a generation growing up that are ready to accept the handout of the government. Why should I work? The government's going to take care of me. I, I, I was speaking to a man in, in the construction business and his company um, qualified. They're a bigger company. They qualified for government reimbursements. And he said that in the last year, they've gained over $2 million in government reimbursements. He said their bank account's never been better. Now, what's this cultivating? Oh, exactly what Ezekiel says here. Abundance of idleness. Why should I work? The, the, our, 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 our prime minister is, is promoting what they call universal income. Everybody will get an amount. 
And then whatever you earn above that, there'll be a portion you can keep. But whatever you gain on the stock market, you're going to have to give a portion to the government. It's moving that way. Now it's, it's all about control. But this is Sodom that we live in. You know, you, we, can, we can see and, and we can take quotes and we can say, well, when this happens or when that happens, and if you examine it superficially, you, you might catch a measure of understanding. But if you don't catch the spirit behind it, and I say, and the only way you'll get the spirit is if you've got the spirit of Christ in you. If you're immersed in the word, that will give you discernment. That will allow you to recognize the dangerous time that we live in. It will not be by carnal observation. But something's got to move you. And I'm just giving you a broad picture. But in your own life, something's got to give you understanding and discernment for the things that you face daily. The open book is not a book that's out somewhere that we just take and, oh yeah, I can read it. You know, and as long as you know what the Antichrist is and you tell us, brother, it's fine. That's not the book we're talking about. The book has to be open to the individual. The book has to be made real to you and me. It has to be, and it's not just... Well, in Revelations 5 and Revelations 10, but when that opens, every type in the book comes real. Now it's not just a historical Esther we're reading about. I'm living out Esther. Now it's not just Ruth in the field of Boaz. I am Ruth again. It has to be that kind of reality. And it has to be something you operate. Now I'm I'm encouraging you here. I'm not, I'm not scolding. I'm just saying, let's not just take it casually. Now remember what the Lord's been speaking. As Brother Branham is going from the message, as I was with Moses, he's crossing. You've gone two-thirds of the way across the Jordans where all the promises lay. And then what happens? He has a vision of a mamba snake That's, that it couldn't affect him it couldn't affect him. He had something in him. And I believe it wasn't just him, but I believe it's us also. But that snake is biting people right now. And, and it'll bite us if we're not in the right attitude, in the right place. It's coming to a place where it's not the church that you attend. It's not, it's not just the pew you sit in. It's not the minister you're under. But it's the life that comes from you that is your defense. That is your absolute. That's what it has to be. It's not just the message I'm carrying under my, in, in my pocketbook or in my library. But it's becoming a part of me. So this understanding is on a greater level. So it was the mamba snake and after that you have power to bind him. And the angel says this to him. Now to do this, you have to be more sincere. Brother Branham was told to be more sincere. What was God doing with Israel and Babylon? He was getting them to a place where they were ready to accept what God's word said. And I believe as we see things unfolding it ought to drive our roots. Get into it and say, Lord, I need more of you. 
I, I don't need to just figure out what's going out there. But I need something in you for my daily life. I need it for wisdom in raising my children. I need it for wisdom in my business affairs. I need it for wisdom in everything I do. God has come to give us an understanding. And he's not here to hold it back. But he doesn't just pass it on. And it's, the message cannot be passed on intellectually. And Brother Branham, in what house will you build me? He said, the Spirit itself has to pack the message. It's not just, you know, study some intellectual quotes and get it for the ministers I'm talking now. But the Spirit has to pack it. And we want to see the Spirit of God reign and rule in our meetings. We want demons cast out. We don't want devils to hang around in our services. We don't want to have unclean things in our lives. But Lord, purge them out. Prepare us for the rapture. Now, let's just, just take Proverbs 6 for a moment. I'm using a few scriptures as background some of this is going to carry into Sunday, so if I don't get where I need to, I'll, f- I'll follow it through. But Proverbs chapter 6, didn't have it marked, here it is. Oh my, let's just take verse 9, Solomon's talking about the ant, watch the ant. And he goes, how long will you sleep, O sluggard? What does it say in the book of Ephesians? Ephesians, to the model church, don't fall asleep. Be ready. Uh, he says, and he says, how long will you sleep, O sluggard? Now this is, a, if, if you have a teenager that sleeps long at your place, you could put this on the Bible tape and put it outside their door, high volume. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? Just saying it, I, when some people, when they're teenagers, that, you know, they like to get up at the crack of noon. So, oh long. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? When will you arise out of your sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth. Thy want as an armed man. Uh, I, I could, let's just skip verses 13 to 14. We'll go to verse 15. Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. These six things as the Lord hate, yea, they are an abomination to him. A proud look. Sometimes we get a little bit superior. I'm in the message. I've been there for a while. I know where I'm standing. I'll tell you what, it, it ought to humble us. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, he that soweth discord among the brethren. These are things that God hates. Now, I, I really should take time on everyone, but I need to move. And I'm just saying, now, now he will also go on and say in verse 20, now, Okay, I'm giving you the negative, now I'm giving you the positive. My son, keep your father's commandment. Forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually on thy heart and be, tie them upon your neck. And when you go, it'll lead you. When you sleep, it'll keep you. And when you awake, it'll talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light and the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Read your Bible and pray every day. 
you neglect reading your Bible, you neglect praying, you're going to find up cold, formal, backslidden one day. And it's just a little at a time. I say this, make time. Develop good habits. Develop them. They will benefit you in your life. Now, Brother Adam would say, You've got to do something. This is in the message, desperation. You've got to do something for God to honor. People that gets everything handed them so easily, you know, they don't do nothing for it. The gift is free. That's true. It's, it's like the saying, you are born with a silver spoon. You've heard that. You don't appreciate it. So I, I, I would say that's even a danger for our youth that are raised in this message. That's a danger for us who've been in a church. There was a time when the church was a living room. Brother Harold's church was a living room. And I didn't give him a lot of inspiration at that time. Because there was a corner in the living room and there was a chair there and I could put my head against it and I could doze off if I needed to. But that was the church. It was a labor to bring a church. There wasn't a thing as message churches. How did it happen? Well, did, did God just give us? No, it was labor. It was people praying. It was things happening. And I say that those that have gone with that, there's an appreciation. But when you just step into it and you get everything, you, you don't maybe appreciate it as much. And, and sometimes God has to pull the fur out and the rug out and say, listen, I did this for you. You need to remember who did this for you. You know, there's a, there's a scripture in Exodus, not just to pray before a meal, but it says when you're eaten and you're full, stop and thank God for it. I, I, we had a, I had a brother from Africa, and he comes over, and he I said, let's pray, and he prays. So we finished eating, we said, okay, now let's pray again. I said, what's, what's that based on? And he based it on that scripture. Thank you, Lord, for this fellowship. Thank you for this food. Oh, just be thankful for the little things. Appreciate God. Listen, he gave us the food we eat, the air we breathe. He gave us all these good things. And in this wicked age, he's given us life and life more abundantly above that. He's given us an understanding. So Brother Adam would also, I'm going to have to skip some of these just to move it on. But God has to deal with man through testings and trials and purgings just so there can be the fear of the Lord. That you would, dis, not that you're scared of him, but you, you don't want to displease him. And you don't, you don't want to have to go the hard way. Now, let's just take a couple of verses. This is as, Jer, as Jeremiah is speaking as they're going into the land. Jeremiah 2, verse 2. Look at, what God, look at the heart of God as his children are going into the land. He says, Go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, thus saith the Lord, I remember thee, the kindness of thy youth, the love of thine espousals, when thou wantest, went after me in the wilderness to a land that was not sown. Israel was holiness unto the Lord, and the first fruits of all his increase. All that devour him shall offend. Evil shall come upon them, saith the Lord. I don't know, it is not always popular to preach this, but I, it, I just heard this the other day, and it, it really stayed with me. The surprises on the day of judgment. And Brother Branham would say, there'll be some people there that you never thought should be there. 
And there'll be some people that aren't there that you thought would be there. And that, that kind of struck me, and I said, oh, God, is my calling and election sure? Lord, you don't rely. If, if it was to get in the ministry to make it sure, and then I, I would say, Brother Branham actually said, it'll be harder for ministers because it'll be more of an account. And I say, Lord, let my calling and election be sure. And the other thing that's not part of this, is popular to say is Ananias and Sapphira. What was their sin anyway? What did they do that was so evil that it caused them to die in the middle of a service? All they did is told a little lie for the sake of pride. That's all that it was. And they didn't think anything of it, and they walked into a service, and they asked her, says, you know, this, this couple has given us a wonderful offering. We need to thank God. They've sold everything and given everything to God. When the truth is, they kept some of it back. They had a plan B in case plan A didn't work out. And, and they, they did that, and they thought, that's just Peter. He's a smelly old fisherman. What does he know? But they didn't know that was God. They didn't have a true understanding. And it was so much that when she came in a few hours later and they asked her the same question, she gave the same answer because they had conspired together. Yeah. Now, that, uh, uh, there's been a lot worse things done. But as we move closer to where there's a church that knows who they are, there's more of God that dwells in them. And there's more of God, and we need not to despise any one of these little ones. Say, Lord, let me see the Christ in my brother and in my sister, and let me see the Christ that's being ministered as, as we go. So, so Jeremiah, I, mean, I, I just made a, a jump there, drop down to in, in chapter 2, verse 11. Has a nation, cha nation changed their gods which yet knew not God, but my people have changed their glory for that which has not profit? Be astonished, O you heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid, for you be very desolate, saith the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. Now this will be part of Sunday. I, 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 I want to speak on the Feast of Tabernacles and what it really means. Because Brother Branham says, as a time, we are living under the Feast of Tabernacles. And if you want to read the back part of Nehemiah chapter 8, they went from the open book right into the Feast of Tabernacles. So if you want to read that, feel free to do that. Now he says, they've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. I, I, I really probably feel like I need to take time with this. I, I want to read something. Brother Murphy Wong sent me a letter from a believer in China. And he's in a prison. And he's working in a jail factory. And the prisoners have to work. And they have to line up to exit the workplace. And as he's exiting the workplace, he saw a man holding something. So remember, this is strict. 
The government's trying to educate the people to communist ideology. There's no Bible. There's no nothing. And so what happened to this brother was very unusual. This is his letter. Last Sunday, I was reprimanded because I did not finish my work assignment. I felt it was not my fault because I was in an assembly line and I could only pass, do what was passed on to me to meet my daily quota. We lined up for the jail guard to open the door. Now, this man is a believer. We all had our hands behind our back. And he says, and then the person in front of me, he says, so we all had our, oh, I, I jumped ahead here. We all had our hands behind our back. And he says, the person in front of me, just then I saw him holding in his hand a black covered little book, a printed gilded word, the Old and the New Testament. I was shocked. I couldn't believe what I saw. So he read it again because he could see the title on it. My goodness, is this the Bible that I'm longing to read day and night? And he says, tears stream down my eyes. Oh, if I could come to that person I didn't even notice him leave. Who is he? Where does he belong? Is he a Christian like me? But that was a Bible. I know it. I saw it. All negative thoughts left me. Peace and joy filled my heart. When I went asleep that night, a night I still think of the moment. I, the things I experienced, it's not for a certain person. He says, now, if I would have been on the outside, now he's talking about his former life, I would have been accustomed to a lifestyle. I would have been accustomed to every Sunday worship, a relaxed life, good food, some enjoyments, some things like that made me lazy. I became indifferent, depressed, even to the message and to the Bible because it had not become essential in my life. Now, this is his life before when he had all Bibles and whatever he had for books. Now he's inside and he sees just the cover of a Bible. And he says, I can't explain what happened when I saw that Bible, but it brought me to tears. I hadn't read it nor possessed it, but it moved me and it gave me strength. It gave me hope and love. Those few words was all I saw, but it changed me. Now, if that man could just see the cover of a Bible and he talks about his indifference beforehand, I said, Lord, what about me? Do I really appreciate all you've given to me? I'm not saying this to condemn anyone. I'm just saying this is a reality of the spirits that are around us. They're there to make you lukewarm, formal, and powerless. That's the devil. And we have to work to come against him. I couldn't go that sleep to that night, he says. I turned over every stone in my life. I shouting hallelujahs, joyful tears. Oh, the grace of God is so wonderful. How he encouraged me when I was so helpless. Those few words were a, like a lighthouse leading me. And it changed my attitude and put it back on track. I pray 
we wouldn't have to go to a jail, that we wouldn't have to be so restricted that our attitude would be thankful. I'm thankful for the songs you sang tonight, Brother Ray. They were songs of thankfulness. I say we need to appreciate God. We need to appreciate the word that's been opened to us. He says, oh God, there's nothing to fear because our hope is in the Lord. And he said, let every storm come. He knows. He knows. If you have a chance, I had it in my notes, but I'm not going to do it. Ezekiel chapter 16 really is the heart of God talking to Israel. Now, I read Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the prophet telling the heart of God as they're going. Ezekiel was the prophet that was in the land, and he's telling the heart of God. And he's talking about how God sees Israel. I found you in a field. You were polluted. You were in your iniquity. I washed you. I cleansed you. I did all of these. I'm not going to have time to read it. I cleansed you. I did all of these things. And the time was a time of love. And I drew you, and I brought you to myself, and you were beautiful, and you did all of these things. And he says, but then you trusted in your own beauty. And you made yourself a whore, and you went out to everyone. Now, look at the heart of Jehovah bleeding. I wanted to do this for them. What's it going to take for them to appreciate what I've done for them? Oh, if we could see what God has done for us, where we live, the message we have. Friends, we ought to appreciate him. We ought to thank him. Instead of what the devil would do is get you to look at this isn't right or that isn't right. Forget all of that. I spoke last Wednesday on cast not your confidence. That's the devil that would try to do that. It's an open book. Now, my, oh, my. I'm going to have to skip parts of this. You can read Romans chapter 1, but it talks about the understanding being darkened. I'm not going to have time to minister on it. Well, I'm just going to take one verse. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. I don't know if we can appreciate where the world is at and where we're at. Romans chapter 1, just pick this up. Let's just read from verse 18. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. You can read verses 19 and 20 after. It says, verse 21, because thou knew When they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but they became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Now, you watch people that have walked in this truth, and they leave. Something gets a hold, I don't know, and I'm not writing everyone off. But it's amazing how quickly... They go. It manifests physically, but their minds. You'd say, what were you listening to all these years? Did not something get a hold of you? Did not something grip you? Did you not get an absolute? And 
It would go on to say, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And now it says in verse 24, wherefore God gave them up through their uncleanness. Now it manifests physically. I'm not going to read all of this. Their natural use of men and women changes. This is such a corrupt society. And don't think, just because I'm in a church, I'm immune to it. There are spirits bombarding us. We ought to thank God for revelation. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4 verse 17. This I say unto you, I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth not walk as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened. What is it, understanding darkened? You read in Revelations chapter 9. Revelations 8, the last verse, it talks about three woes coming on the earth. The first woe came, Revelations 9, an angel was cast down into a pit and out of that arose a smoke. And it went over all the earth. What did it do? It made men to go, go insane, go crazy. To have their, it first starts by blinding them, darkening their understanding. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Who being past feeling, past feeling. If we could see what's in the hearts of men. There's a whole part of Nairobi, Kenya, that's a shanty town. And people just live in huts. It's, it's the slums, as we would call it. Women would go out at night to go to the washroom. It was commonplace for them to be raped. There's so much so they don't even do, do it anymore. They interviewed the men that would rape them. They said, it's no different than going to the store and buying something past feeling. This is the world. You don't want no part of this world. You don't even know what, we don't even know what's in them. Going past feeling, giving themselves over to live lascivious, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Okay, jump back to Daniel chapter 9. We're going to close with this. Daniel chapter 9, I know, and this was really, really where we started for Daniel 70 weeks, but this is now Daniel at the end of 68 years. And I've, I've mentioned this a few times, and I'm just going to bring it back again. Just take the thought of understanding with me on this. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, the seed of the Medes, uh, verse 2, in the first year of his reign, Daniel understood by books. Understood by books. What books was he reading? The books of Jeremiah the prophet. Understood by books the number of the years where the word of the Lord would come to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of... So he caught an understanding. Now he didn't just stay there. Okay. Whoa, this is something. But now he gave himself to it. And I set my face to the Lord to set by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I won't read all of this. Drop down to verse 13. And he would speak about how God was judging. And he says, as it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil has come upon us. Yet we made not our prayer from the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Have you ever thought, what was, why was Brother Branham so burdened when he spoke souls in prison? 
Why was he so burdened in all his prayers in 1965? Oh, he would cry out with a great burden. This was a, it, wasn't, it was beyond an intellectual understanding. He knew it as a fact. He says, we didn't turn. We didn't understand your truth. Drop down to verse 22. This is when the angel, as he's praying, comes to him. Verse 22. This is what the angel says to Daniel. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give you skill and understanding. Wasn't that what he wanted? Lord, help me to understand. If this is the time we live in, Help me to know how I should conduct myself. Help me to know, Lord, how I should act. Don't give me more intellectual knowledge. Give me a true understanding. Don't let me just put it, oh yeah, there's a book open somewhere, and there's a book, and the preacher's got it, and then, you know, we're all going to go in a wrap. No, let it be permeating me. Let it come into me. And he says, and again, the angel says in verse 23, at the beginning of your supplications, the commandment came forth, and I'm come to show you you're greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. Now, look at Daniel's attitude to understand. Let, let, me, just, let me just drop this in. Daniel chapter 12. Just go a couple chapters over. Daniel chapter 12. I'll just read this. Verse 9. Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. In Matthew 24, Jesus told them, you know, what are the three signs of your coming? He asked three questions, and he told them, and, and, and Brother Branham would say, none of the Jews, because part of that fulfillment was when Titus, the general, came into Jerusalem and the blood flowed out of the streets. He says, none of those Jews that knew and heard what Jesus said were caught there. But there was a whole bunch that were. I don't want to be caught unawares. Brother Ed, you're scaring us. No, I don't mean to scare you. I just say, let's seek God. Let's be like those men of Berea they, in, the, in the Old Testament. They sought God. They immersed themselves. What did Daniel do? He immersed himself in the Word. Musicians can come. This will be my evidence that I'm closing. Okay, so musicians come. So he says, none of them would do that. To understand means to perceive the intent. When God would open the Word, who was it open to? It wasn't open to just Brother Branham. But it's open to us. If I can explain it and make it so perfect, it will not achieve the purpose of God because God wants to reveal it. And he says, is revelation beyond you? Cry out for it. Lord, I don't get this. I don't understand. You know, you, you can't beat it out of God. But you know, God in his sovereignty, if your heart's right, you, all these things, he, he'll drop down what you need in the time and season you need it. Not just in the knowledge of the message, but for your life. For children, for your husband, for your spouse, for whatever you need. He's there to impart judgment and give us wisdom. He doesn't want us to go and operate blindly. So to perceive the intent, to comprehend, to apprehend. These are synonyms. Not cinnamon. <laughs> Synonyms. <laughs> okay, now you're all going out for cinnamon buns and coffee. I know it. 
He said, now, it's to apprehend, it's to grasp, it's to perceive, it's to discern, recognize, keep up with, follow, penetrate, interpret. There's more I could say. I, I got you that far. Let's stand together. A true understanding of the book, it's not intellect, but it's, oh, God, let your spirit, let your life come into me. Let, let, let those words become a reality in my life. Can I, if I would be honest, and I had there had to be one person raise their hands, Lord, grant it to me. Grant it to me. I need more of you. Can we sing that? More of you, more of you. More of you. I need more of you. Oh, I've had it all, but what I need is more of you. Of things I've had, my one up just for a moment if, if we don't need it just take the words to this I'm not trying to find just a new frame of mind that will change my old point of view for I've been through it all deep inside nothing's changed I'm not new I'm not seeking a gift or an emotional lift but one thing I'm longing to do is to lift up my cup and let you fill and you fill it up with just you. Who's your wisdom? The Spirit of God that dwells within you. Who was Brother Branham's wisdom in the court case? The Holy Spirit. Who's it that warns you? That leads you? That directs you? Oh, if we can walk with Him this way. I, I desire that. Let me walk with you, Jesus. Let me walk with you, Jesus. You found me when I was so lonely. Oh, you found me when I was so blue. And you found me when no one would love me. 
about an understanding is to perceive the intent not just of the words not as our mind would receive them but to go deeper and I believe we can all go a little deeper and it could start so easy in our everyday reading and praying and honest before God it, this is not to beat anybody down this is to say, God wants it more for us than we want it for ourselves sometimes. And if God could just help us to get out of the way of our natural self, how am I going to overcome, Brother Ed? Just take a step. Maybe it's just as simple as, you know what? It doesn't help me to stay up late. It doesn't help me because I, I, I'm not good the next day. I, I fill my mind with social media or entertainment. Lord, let me fill my mind with you as I go to sleep. And then when I wake up in the morning, Lord, I'll feel better. Why don't you start with a simple step? You know where you're weak. I know where I'm weak. I know what I've got to do. Why don't we do that? Because this revelation... It wasn't just something given to the prophet and something when the bride knows who she is and all of those things, but we have to move into it. We have to walk into it. We need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. As we bow our heads, Heavenly Father, we've ministered your word. It spoke to my heart even as I was preparing and ministering. And Lord, I see that I... I I need more of you. And Lord, I pray you'd teach me your ways. I pray you'd give me of your wisdom and your understanding. Not that I can use it maliciously, but that I could guide my affairs with discretion. That I might know how to walk and that I might hear that voice behind me. My son, this is the way. Walk in it. Lord, I, I, I yearn to walk closer with you. I believe there's many people here that would yearn to do that. But Lord, let it not just be a desire we put on the shelf, but let it be something we implement. Just to take a step. You've spoken to hearts, Lord. You spoke to my heart. I pray that you'd bring these words to our remembrance. Lord, maybe there's a young heart somewhere that hasn't surrendered. That it's just words. But I pray you'd make it more of a reality. Lord, I pray that you'd make yourself more real. Maybe there's a heart that's been just a little hardened. Oh, God, break up the fallow ground. Soften it, Lord, that the word can penetrate. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive me, for I've come short, Lord. But we want, we want you to come. We desire you, Lord. You're the fountain that is the fountain of wisdom. Lord, there's none like you. Walk with us, Lord. Talk with us. Go with us tonight as we're dismissed. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lead me, Lord, and I will follow.
Ah! 